Hey, this is Rob Coburn, and we are excited that you're joining with us today. If you're a part of the Summit Dover family, whether in person or online, we'd love to connect with you via social media at the Summit Dover on all social media outlets and on our website, thesummitdover.com. We can get you plugged into our app or our YouTube channel, as well as giving options and opportunities to connect with the Summit Dover family all around the world. I hope this word today encourages you and inspires you. Let's jump into the message. I believe that God wants you to have more than enough for you. That's, that's the plan. But that more than enough for you isn't just for more than enough for you. He wants an abundance above that so that you can help every other person that crosses your path achieve what God has for them. I know that we've all walked through life and we've all gotten to a point where we saw a need and we thought about our current situation and we thought there's no way that we can help them because we aren't there right? You've all had that, or is it just me? That you've seen a need and you've been like, I want to go and provide for that need, but I don't have enough in this moment. Well, I believe that God wants you to have enough in that moment. I believe he wants you to have more than enough at that moment, and I believe that that's the destiny of this house for 2021. That he's provided for us, we've got, we're, we're doing great, but I believe there's an abundance coming so that when we see a need anywhere in the world, we can just say, here it is. We're, we're, we're sowing into that. We're taking care of that. Well, we have been on the series on mission. And, uh, and as you've seen, we've all had the sweatshirts and we've all done the thing. And yes, we do wash them in between. Um, it's not that we're wearing the same clothes every week, although it may look like it. I just try to change up the shoes. Um, but, but we've been on this journey about being on mission. And, and in 2021, the mission that God has for us is going to accelerate. It's going to accelerate in your own life. It's going to accelerate as you dig into the word. It's going to accelerate, accelerate in our nation. It's going to accelerate across the world. And we know that we are on mission. We are on mission to make sure that every man, woman, and child have repeated opportunities to see, hear, and experience the gospel of the kingdom of God. That's our mission here at the summit. That's what we're called to do. And for 52 of these Sundays, you're probably going to hear that same mission over and over and over because it needs to be in our blood. Now, you've gotten the cards, and, uh, and I hope that it's on your fridge and you're looking at this. This wasn't just printed up because we got great graphic designers and we wanted to give you something. This was printed up so that you can evaluate yourself. This is a self-evaluation tool. This is a discipleship evaluation tool. I know that there's people not just in the room, but that are watching that we've been working through this, haven't we, everybody? We've been working through this. We've been asking, where do we stand? Where, what do we need to work on? What level are we at in each one of these things? And what do we need to get more of God's perspective in our life? Now, I'm not saying that you have to hold this in every one of your meetings and, and sit across the table and ask where they're at. No, we just do it through conversation and relationship, which is how the kingdom rolls anyway. But that we're supposed to be using this as a tool to evaluate where we're at in life. Now, last week we talked about the seven mountains, and I would contend that there's eight, that intercession, the knights of the kingdom, uh, that can just pick up and move wherever they want. They've got all different kinds of moves on the chessboard, right? That, uh, that the intercessors can just drop into situations. And I know that some of you have had rough situations in 2020. And I know that there are people on our intercessory team that have been dropping into your situations and praying for you and moving things for you and helping you. But those seven mountains that we talked about are religion, family, government, education, media, arts and entertainment, and business. We are called as a body of believers 
to go into all of these mountains, to go into all of these arenas of life, and to rule, and to influence, and to control. Now, there's different levels on a mountain. You can see it in our discipleship model, but there's different levels in each one of those mountains too, and God is calling us to attain high levels in all of those mountains so that we can disseminate his kingdom virtue around the world. Last week we said you were placed in time to influence your generation. I believe that with everything that's in me, no matter if you're in the nursery this morning or whether you're here in senior life this morning, you were placed here in time. And we're going to talk a little bit about time this morning. You were placed in time to influence your generation. And I have to say, as we have closed out a season of uncertainty, that I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you for who you are. I'm proud of you for sticking through it. I'm proud of you for not walking away from the Lord. Uh, Jen and I are proud of you that we can come and see smiling faces and minister to you and with you. We are excited that 2021 has so many opportunities. Now, I have tried to stay away from the news. But what I've heard a lot and what I have heard is that a lot of people are looking back and saying how horrible 2020 has been. And what I want to tell you this morning is your history only has as much power as you give it. Your history only has as much power as you give it. The history of 2020 will only stop your dreams in 2021 if you allow it to. The history of yesterday, the thing that happened or the day before, will only be able to derail what God has for your life if you allow it and give it power to do that. So I want to give you some quick core principles about the new year. We're going to talk about time and then we're going to get into some stories. Here's a core principle for the new year. That life is a privilege. Life is a privilege. We have a society today that believes that life is expendable. But life is a privilege. God has given us the life-changing thing. This, this earth-altering thing that we call life. And it's valuable. So in this year, may you understand that life is a privilege. We said that God, influence, God gives us influence with others. Why? To build the kingdom, to share what he's doing. That's a core principle for this year. God positions us to change the course of events. I know that one's a little stepping out there on the line of faith. But that you, yes, you can change the course of events. In the world, you can change the course of events. And God has given you and me the authority to do that. So May 2021, you understand that he provides you the ability to change the course of events. Bad environments destroy good destinies. Bad environments destroy good destinies. The environment in which you choose to spend your time will either accelerate your destiny or destroy your destiny. Those who you choose to hang out with will either help you get where you need to go or they will hold you back from where you're supposed to be. Bad environments destroy good destinies. God has a destiny that you are all created to have. So I encourage you to lay aside the things that have held you back in 2020 and loose yourself to the understanding that it doesn't have power over you and you can move forward into 2021. The first thing that I want to challenge you with today is to check your environments. Check every environment that you have 
to see if it's conducive for the path that God wants you to go on. The environments of those who you hang with, the environments of the things that you watch on TV, the environments of the things that you allow to slip inside your brain as you're driving your car and the radio's on, the environment of the facilities and the things that you do that can distract you from your purpose and your destiny. In this first week of 2021, check your environments. When you go to get your car worked on at the Quick Lube, they check all the fluids. Now, hopefully you do it every three months or three years, whatever is your prerogative. Um, but if you wait the three years, you're going to have problems. If you wait the three years, you're going to have struggles that come up because you didn't check the fluid. In this hour, we're asking you to check your environments. Because the longer that you go inside of environments that are toxic, the longer it takes to get your, to your destiny. So this morning, I want to talk to you for a few minutes about time. I love that um, we were just talking in the prayer room about Donna Schilling. If any of you want to reach out to her, her birthday is this week. She's turning 89. I, I hope it's okay to say that live on television. But um, we were talking about all the things that somebody would have seen that's 89 probably born during the depression, right? And, and all that stuff and the things that she's seen. And, uh, and in this hour, um, she's not able to be in our physical presence. So would you share something with her? Would you send her a card? If you need an address, we can get it for you. But I was thinking about the destiny that is upon our lives and the time in which we have been given to execute it. You are not given a destiny with no end date. You were not given a destiny without a purpose and a, and a plan of when it was supposed to be accomplished. And God allows us to be in time. In fact, he created time for us, but he doesn't live in it. He's in eternity. He created time for us. Now, some of you may say, well, why would God do that? We want to be in eternity with him. Well, he did it to protect us from eternity because the backache that you have this morning in eternity would be forever. The divorce that you went through, the pain of all that would be forever. The The anything that you can think of that you've experienced, if you were in eternity and there wasn't time, it would be forever. And so our role here on the earth is not just to become kingdom planters, but it's also to experience the understanding that we are in a, we are in a time so that we can move from season to season and grow so that when we attain eternity, we're a little more polished than we are today. So he gives us time. The thing I love about time is that it's broken into a couple different categories. Past, present, and future. Now many of you have gotten caught in the past. And it makes it hard to be in the present. Some of you are dreamers. You're so far caught in the future that you can't be in the present. And some of you are so much in the present that the past and the future bring you no hope because the present is so dangerous to you. I'm here to tell you today that the past, the present, and the future was already written in a book before the foundation of the world. And time, he, which he created for us, is our biggest asset, our biggest gift that we have. And it's a, it's a piece, a gift that he's given us that we have to steward. And that's, why we check our environments. 
Because every time that you step into an environment, it costs you time. Every time you step into a relationship, it costs you time. There are some things in your life that need to be recalibrated because they aren't pointing you to your destiny. And they're wasting time. Time is an interruption in eternity. We have the privilege to be here. Did you realize that you crossed 2020 into 2021 because God has a plan for you in this year for you to accomplish to build the kingdom? And he said, I want them. He looked, just go with me. He looked through the annals of all eternity and time. And he said, I want this person, you, me, to be in this place to accomplish my work. Each of us has to prepare while we're on earth for eternity. But God took us out of eternity so that we could enjoy this thing that we call time. So turn with me to Genesis 1.14. Time was actually created, everybody. Time was created for you. Time was created for you. It's not just a gift. It was actually created. And if you're there, it says, Then God said, Let there be lights in the firmament of the heavens to divide the day from night, and let them be for signs and seasons and for days and years. So God created seasons, days, and years in Genesis 1.14 by giving us a light in the sky. The time that we are on the planet revolves around the light in the sky. Now, many of us complain because of daylight savings time and how they mess with all that. But we judge and we value what we are doing in life by how much sunlight is out there. By the way, our Alaskan friends, I love y'all. I just couldn't do it. I need some sun, and Ohio's tough enough. But Ecclesiastes 3 says, and we ended last week with this scripture, to everything there is a season, a time for every purpose under heaven. Time was created for you, for you to fulfill your purpose. Ecclesiastes 3.9 says this, 9-11 through 11 says this, What profit has the worker from that in which he labors? I have seen the God-given task with which the sons of men are to be occupied. He has made everything beautiful in its time. Also, he has put eternity in the hearts, in their hearts, except no one can find out the work that God does from beginning to end. This is a very important scripture as we enter into a new year for you to understand the value that God puts on time for you to attain your purpose. The Bible says that there's a burden placed on every human being. That's what the scripture just told us. There's a burden. What is the burden that God would have put on you? And that is that everything has a certain time. How many of you have seen a vision of what God wants you to do? And the first thing, the first burden that hits you is time. You're 75 years old and God calls you to go change the world. And the first thing you think about is, I don't know if I have enough time. This means that this burden that is on you from the time you were born, you've had a purpose and you've been placed in time with a deadline. 
You've got to quickly find out your purpose, your destiny, your call, and you need to pursue it. And you've got to get it done before you die because you're living in time. So the pressure of all this stuff is spoken about in Scripture, and time is the thing that puts pressure on the human soul. But I love this other part. It says, He puts eternity in the hearts of His people, which means that God placed your beginning and your end in you before you were began. Does that make sense? Your beginning and your end was put in you before you were ever born. When you were born, you were born with everything you needed to succeed inside of you in seed form. Our job is to allow time, experience, and the Lord to help us uncover what that is. Now here's the key. From the time you were born, even little TJ in the nursery, from the time he was born, he was a walking destiny. Everything from the beginning to the end of his life is in him. Incomplete. Time was given for purpose to be fulfilled. Purpose doesn't get fulfilled overnight. You aren't living in your purpose because you woke up yesterday and said, I want to live in my purpose. It takes time. It takes experience. It takes mistakes. It takes victories for our destinies to be fulfilled. You don't have forever to fulfill your purpose. Some of us have lived like that. Some of us have lived as if we have forever to accomplish this thing that God has for us. How many of you have said to the Lord, when are you going to say the next thing to me? When are you going to give me the next direction? When are you going to give me the next word? If you haven't heard that yet, my question to you is, have you accomplished the last thing that he said to you to do? You see, you don't have forever to fulfill your purpose, but you can be stuck. Your purpose is God's established end that you are called to begin. That's your purpose. God has already finished your purpose. Your job is to begin it on the earth and walk it to completion before your time is up. Now, one thing, I, another thing I love about this scripture in Genesis, it talks about that he created signs and seasons. And then it says that these seasons are for us to understand another breaking point that doesn't go along with the calendar. It's a season of life. And he allows us to be in. Now, I have an interesting thing to tell you this morning about a season. Every season has inherent blessings inside of it. Some of you are transitioning seasons. And that can be scary. But there are inherent blessings in every season that you will walk through in your life if you're willing to move forward. And those inherent blessings are by the Lord put in you for that season so that you will be successful in all that you do. Somebody needs to hear this this morning. You can, you can walk into a season that you're not ready for because you haven't completed the last season. 
And it is time that we begin to understand that God is moving in our life in seasons and walk in them to walk in the blessing of that season. And somebody in here has not let go of the last season and God wants you to move into the new season. And He wants you to understand that His hand of blessing is upon you. I was trying to think of an illustration about seasons and this is the best one I got, so bear with me. Have you ever went to the store and picked up a green banana. Now, Pastor Dennis used to talk about green banana disease and all that stuff, but I'm just saying, have you ever picked up a green banana? You can pick it up. You can buy it. There's nobody standing there to tell you you can't do that. You can do it. But you will never enjoy that if you try to go and take advantage of it before it's time. You can't enjoy it. Some of you may. Different taste buds than me, but no. You can't enjoy a season that isn't ready for you. Somebody here is ready to go into a new season that's not ready for you. Some of you are stuck in an old season and the new season has been ripe for a long time. It's time to move. You can take things out of season. You can hold those things out of season, but when you partake of those things out of season, you will never be successful. Some of you are in the wrong season trying to be successful on what you were in the last season or what you think the next season is going to be, but you're not living in the season that God has for you and it's sour. So let's inspect our environments to understand if we're in the right season. How do you know that it's your season and that you're right? You're right in that season. One of the seasons of, of my life in business was I, I was trying to get into business way too early. I didn't, I didn't have enough, uh, I guess, bruises to go into that season. And I remember that I was in the season too early, and I remember getting beat up every single day. And I said, whoa, I've got I've to recalibrate life a little bit, step back, evaluate. I'm not ready for that season yet. And I knew it was the right season when I began to walk forward into that season and every, every person that said no said yes. Every bank that said no said yes. Every client that said no said yes. Things that I knew were destined for me started finding me instead of me trying to fight for them. And that's how you can know that you're in the right season. If your life is a struggle day in and day out, you may be looking and trying to live in a wrong season. Some of you have tried to graduate to the season of retirement and you're frustrated because you want to stay busy. In your season, some things that you're supposed to have in 2021 will begin to find you if you're awake, if you've examined your environments, if you know your call. One of my favorite verses is Proverbs 19, 21, and 22. Many are the plans in a person's heart, but the Lord purpose that prevails. Psalm 57, 2. I will cry out to the Most High, to God who performs all things for me. He shall send from heaven and save me. He reproaches the one who would swallow me up. God shall send forth his mercy and his truth. God gave you birth. God gave you birth. He gave you a purpose for you to be on the planet. And so because you had a purpose, He gave you birth. Now in this verse, 
it says, to God who performs all things for me. So he not only gave you birth, he gave you a purpose, and then he says, I've given you purpose, so I've given you birth, and I will fulfill everything that I've purposed you to do. He will do it. He commits himself to it. His word never returns void. But this is, this is something that, that throughout my life I, I've been trying to just understand how it all works, and I haven't got it yet. But the rest of the verse says, He will send heaven and save me. He reproaches the one who would swallow me up. So in other words, he's saying that he says to anyone who tries to stop you, you're done. So not only does he give you birth, See, this is why the world would try to stop birth. Because you have a destiny, and if you're born with a destiny that conflicts with what the world would say, they want to stop that. Because once you understand that you were born with a purpose, and God is going to do all, it says he will do all of it. He's got your success already done. You are victorious. You're living a victorious life. Once you get there, they can't stop you. The biggest thing that the enemy hates is when there's hundreds of people in this room and in other churches around the world that get empowered and, and ready to go take on the world. And they understand who they are and they understand their anointing and they understand their call, they understand their purpose, they understand their birth was on purpose so that they could fulfill something because God already had their success planned. When, when you guys all get that, when we all get that, when the church gets that, all hell will be on the run. Are you inspecting your environments? Because your environment will stop you from achieving those things. Whatever you were born to do, God has committed to make it happen with you. I love Psalm 138 says, The Lord will vindicate me. Your love, Lord, endures forever. Do not abandon the works of your hand. In other words, God will never abandon what he has given you your birth to do. He will never abandon it. doesn't matter how long you've missed it. It doesn't matter how fast you get it. He will never abandon what he has spoken over your life. He will never abandon your destiny. He wants to make sure that you understand that he's already guaranteed you success. When you look at 2021, you can look at all the potential things that there are out there. Lots of great things. Lots of, lots of potential, life-changing things for every one of you. And he wants you to understand that you are already guaranteed success if you listen to him, if you walk with him, if you choose him. Ephesians 1.11 says, In him we were also chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything to conform to the purpose of his will. God picked you before you were conceived to be a success. Your life is not a mistake. Some people need to hear this. Your life is not a mistake. It's not a problem. You have a destiny. You're not an accident. Here's the thing that I get from verse 11. In Him, we were also chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything to conform to the purpose of his will. He set your destination before he began you. 
He set your destination before he began you. God never begins anything that isn't already finished. You aren't beginning anything that isn't already finished. So you came to the earth because there was something that you were called to do, you were destined to do upon the earth that you have a time frame to complete. And here's the great thing. This thing that you were predestined to do, this thing that you were called to do, the destiny that God has for you, God already finished. He already finished it. He ended it. And now he's called you to begin it. I know that this, this can wreck your mind. But he's already done. He's calling for you to start. Maybe it's time for you to start a new season. Maybe it's time for you to start to, to think differently in this season so that you can grow and move to the next one. But it's done. It's completed. I'll repeat this. Your life is not a mistake. You weren't an experiment. You aren't a blob that turned into a human being. You were created with a destiny. You aren't an accident. You aren't frustrating to the Lord. You aren't missing His plan because He redeems everything. It says that He will conform everything to the purpose of His will in verse 11. He will conform everything to the purpose of His will. He didn't say, I'm going to make everything work out good. Or everything good conform to the purpose of His will. He says everything will conform to the purpose of His will. So that means if you've made a mistake, if you've been frustrated, if you're, if you're in a place in which you have completely missed the plan, He will conform it to His will. If you had a baby that wasn't in the plan, he will conform it to his will. He will take your test and turn it into a testimony and conform it to his will. He works everything for good to them who are called according to his purpose. The world would tell us, and even religious circles would tell us, that if we fail, there is a penance that needs to be paid to move on. That's not the case. We confess our sin. He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. There's no penance we need to pay. We have to just move on and understand that that test, that brokenness, that piece of life that has slowed us down, that kept us from the best of what God has, which we call sin, Sin keeps us from the best of what God has. And we have to understand that walking out of that sin creates a testimony of who God is. And we have to share that testimony so that others won't fall into the same trap of sin that we fell into. We make this whole thing so crazy and hard. It's not hard. It's actually pretty simple. I believe that oftentimes we make our mistakes more powerful than the purpose that God put us on the planet for. And the enemy wants us to make our mistakes more powerful every single day that we think about them. The mistake that you did when you were eight years old, when you stole the piece of gum. 
that still haunts you to this day and you're not living out your destiny because you've got some guilt hanging around. 2021 is the year in which all that has to go. It has to go. Any tentacle of things of the past have to go. We got work to do. Kent Christmas was in Virginia Beach on the 30th, which is one of the best days. I love the 30th of December. It's our anniversary. It's Caitlin's birthday. It's all kinds of things. And it's just so fun. And he had a great message that he preached at the Rock in Virginia Beach. And then on the 31st, he gave a prophetic word. And he talked about the next four years of the revival that is coming to the world. If the thing from 1984 is holding you back, he works all things together for good. He takes every test and turns it into a testimony. Not the ones that you confess back then and you're over in your mind. It's time for us to stop reasoning what God is saying in our mind and start to implant it in our spirit and in our heart and say, I don't care what anybody else says. I only care what the Father says. And I don't care if I'm not able to do that thing. I've, I, I love the scriptures that show us through over and over and over that there were physical disabilities with people and God looked past all that and said, I need you to lead a people. I need you to speak. And you haven't been able to speak. I've got an anointing for you and your past is not going to stop you from your destiny unless you allow it to. 2020 is not going to pause what God is doing on the earth unless you let it pause that. I like Isaiah 46.10. He makes known the established end before the beginning. God doesn't allow anything to stop what has already been ended. Think about it. If it's already over, how is it going to be stopped in its completion? He's ended your destiny. It's time for you to begin it if you haven't. The verse says, take it to heart. Do not forget it. Why does that verse say that? Take it to heart. Don't forget. Because if you forget that it's already ended, you will be discouraged in your walk today. We've got a lot of people that are discouraged about life because they're in a season in which they forgot that there's an end coming. To everything, there is a season. To everything, there's an end. So if you're in a season of brokenness and heartache or undecision, indecision, all that stuff, if you're in that season, there is an end. He has a plan for you. So not only did he end your destiny and ask you to begin it, in the ending of your destiny, he is asking you whether you're willing to walk it out. So I'm here today to ask you a question. Are you willing to walk out what he has already completed? How do you do that, Pastor Rob? You were born to accomplish something on the earth. I could probably go around the room and tell you things right now and, and give you wisdom and it's just not a public thing. But you were created for a purpose and a plan.
So when you have a purpose, a plan, a goal, something that you look forward to, one of the best ways to do it, to accomplish it, is to break it down into simple steps. So our fifth place on the mountain is a design for living. If you are going to achieve your destiny, you better have a design for living that cultivates an environment around you of success for you to achieve what God has for you. So we believe here that every person, if you haven't got it in the first half hour, you're going to get it now. Every person was created for a purpose and a destiny to fulfill upon the planet. Jeremiah 29.11 says, For I know the thoughts I think toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace, not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. We believe, it is our belief, that God wants you to have a plan for your life and walk in that plan in a practical way every single day. Hence why you have a journal. Hence why you have a Bible reading plan. Hence why you have discipleship things that you are going to be tired of that word by the end of the first quarter of this year. You have things put in place to help you be successful. Will you use them? I remember I worked with a friend of mine from high school. He was, his dad was a drywaller for many years. And, um, and then over the summer, whenever I was in college, I wanted to make some extra cash. And so I called him up and I said, hey, do you have any houses? And he said, yeah, we got a bunch of duplexes we're doing and uh, I could definitely use some labor. Now drywalling is labor, <laughs> let me tell you. And I remember carrying big, heavy sheets and holding them above my head and going up on scaffolding to the very top of a two-story building and putting it up there uh, on a lift and, and doing all those things. But one thing I learned in that is that he had the right tools for the right job. And every, I, I walked in the first day and I'm like, what is that for? What is that for? What is that for? What is that for? Now I have all those what's that in my garage in case any of you need help with drywall. Because it's good to have the right tool to get the job done. And a design for living is not just this plan that you put out there. It's a design for what tools you will need to accomplish the destiny that God has for you. So what does that look like? You need a connection to a local church. Let's not confuse that. There are many people that I've talked through my life that say, I can do church at home, and I'm not talking about COVID home. I'm talking about church at home because we don't value the assembling of ourselves together. Now, does that mean that you have to come here? No, but you need to find a church family in which to plug into, Acts 2.46. A covenant with God about your finances. Not an agreement. Not a decision. There's a difference between a decision and a commitment and a covenant. A decision means you've made a mental assent to say that I'm going to do something. We've all done it with the Lord with our finances. At one time or another, we were giving mental assent to the understanding of sowing seed and tithing and doing those things. The Word gives us clear, clear, clear understanding that it should be a covenant. The next thing that you need is discipleship. You need a cover. You need people that are helping you go to the next level. I have a whole list of people that I call every single week. People that have the right to tell me to stop and get off the platform. 
because there's something not right in your life, you shouldn't be up there. I have people that say, you need that examine our marriage. I have people that examine how my fitness is going. (laughs) I have people that are discipling me in the word. I have people that are guiding me in life. Discipleship is the one thing that we don't like to submit to because it means we have to lose ourselves and allow someone else to get the axe, the chisel, and pound away and break off all the rough edges. Discipleship should be in your design for living. Developing your family for success and helping your children understand their destiny should be a part of your design for living. You should be working every day, whether you're a grandparent, a parent, uh, an aunt, an uncle, whatever. You should be helping these kids develop their understanding that they have a destiny. Because everywhere in the world will tell them that they need to be a cog in a wheel to make $9 an hour for the rest of their life. But God has a purpose and a plan for each of them. You also need to be a lifelong learner. You have to be a lifelong learner. If you're going to read the Bible every day and you're going to allow the Holy Spirit to reveal stuff to you, you better be ready to learn because he's about ready to pour it out. But the statistics would say that over 90% of people that have graduated high school have never read a complete of another book after high school to completion. Many, many, many people have never completed a book after high school or college. Why? They're not lifelong learners. They feel like they got it all figured out. I don't want to have it all figured out because what I've got figured out sometimes, a lot of times, fails me. And I need to learn more. And I need to understand what God is doing more. And I need to understand His voice more. And the only way that I learn that is to be a lifelong learner. And that's why discipleship is so important. Not because you're getting their way of viewing the world, That's good. But you're getting the Holy Spirit through their way of viewing the world. And He will help shape you into who He wants you to be and how He wants you to view the world. You see, because we leave the Holy Spirit out of all this stuff, we get into a mess where the world tells the church what we should look like and what we should do. And that's not a design for living that is successful. So last year, 2020, the word for the house was kingdom impact. And I believe, I want to applaud you all. I want to say how awesome it was to watch and to participate with you through 2020 as we impacted the world and our local community. We have seen changes. We have, when, when a director of a ministry or a director of a public entity calls out in the, in the media this body of believers, because of how many, how many of you serve with them, because of the impact that you have on their children and their, their leaders, that's a big deal. It's a big deal. But oftentimes when we're in the trenches, when we're making kingdom impact, we forget to have joy. We forget to see the joy that we get in the Lord as we serve other people in the way that they need to be served. If there was one instance that I could implant in you here today, it is we do not serve people how we want to serve them. 
We only serve people in the way that they need to be served. And oftentimes, it's not how I want to serve. I was joking with somebody yesterday. There was something that I had to do yesterday for four hours that I really didn't want to do. I had other things I could be doing that would have been a lot more fun. But I want you to know, as a pastor, you don't just preach on Sunday. That's not my deal. I study all week, I do all that, but there are hours and hours and tens of hours that get put into doing things I don't really want to do, but it's because it's what those people need me to do for them. It's not about what we need, people. It's about what the world needs and what we can bring to them. I want to highlight one person, give you some quick points, and then we'll get out of here. It's interesting to find out the cause of this person in Scripture. I want to go into Daniel for a few minutes. It's interesting to find out what causes his success. And I believe that as we examine this really quickly, I believe that God will reveal to you that your time, that you're here, will be more successful as in Daniel's life because he had core values and a design for living. He had core values and a design for living. He served in many different administrations. And in every single thing that he served, in every single administration that he served in, he was successful. Why? Because he has a design for living. He had some core values, some core truth that didn't change no matter what the politics were, didn't change no matter what the weather was, didn't change whether there was a famine or not. He had core values that he was going to stick to no matter what. And I think it's a good model for us today. Who did he serve? He served kings like Nebuchadnezzar, Belshazzar, Darius, and Cyrus. Lots of different people. And if you go in and read all their bios, you know he wasn't serving with some people that really were upstanding people. But he was still successful. The church will be super successful even if the government, even if the world is completely against us. If we have core values and a design for living and understand that the voice of God should direct everything we do. It's interesting that under Nebuchadnezzar, Belshazzar, Darius, and Sirius, he always seemed to move to the top of the organization. He served as they needed to be served. And it elevated him fast. Some of you have experienced 2020 and you've risen to the top. Others of you have been distracted, disheveled, and I would say it's probably because of a lack of a design for your life. He wasn't the most educated. He didn't have the Harvard degree. But he served. He loved. He had compassion. Daniel 1.19 says, And the king communed with them. And among them all, all was found none like Daniel and these guys. Why? Because they had a design for living. Out of all the king, out of all the times that they were with the king, he reviewed them. He analyzed them. He spent time with them. And he realized there's something different about them. Next verse, Daniel 1.20 And in all matters of wisdom and understanding that the king inquired of them, 
he found them ten times better than all the magicians, astrologers that were all in his realm. Ten times better. Ten times better. Why? Because he controlled his environment. And he said, I've got a design for success. And if I surround myself with people that believe what I believe, that I can commune with, that sharpen me, I'm going to achieve better things. Ten times better things. Daniel 5.12 says, For as much as an excellent spirit and knowledge and understanding, interpreting of dreams and showing of hardness sentence, hard sentences and dissolving of doubts were found in the same Daniel, whom the king named Belshazzar, now let Daniel be called, and he will show the interpretation. Daniel 5.14 says, I have even heard of thee. The spirit of the gods is in thee, and that light and understanding and excellent wisdom is found in thee. Here is the sum of Daniel. He was found to be faithful. He was found to be ten times better than everybody else, and he had a plan. Join with me as we look at his plan. Number one, he was committed. Proverbs 3.1 says, My son, do not forget my law, but let your heart keep my commandments. He was committed to what God spoke in his life, and he said, I am committed to this, and I'm not changing. It doesn't matter what the world looks like around me, or who is for me, or who is against me. I am committed to what God said. He was committed to his convictions. He was committed to giving his best to every kingdom, whether he believed in it or not. And I love this one. Probably one of the hardest ones for believers. He was committed to being inspected. We know that he was ten times better because every administration inspected him. Looked at every part of his life and said, oh, he's committed. Oh, he's faithful. Every day he was under examination and so are you. Number two, he was competent. We need more competent people in the kingdom. Proverbs 3, 5 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lead not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your path. Trust not in yourself. Become competent in hearing the Lord and he will direct your path. It says in those scriptures that I read in the, in the beginning of Daniel, it says he was competent in wisdom, understanding, all those things. He, he, was, he was a pro. You can be a jack of all trades and a master of none. Or you can be competent in something that God has given you to execute in the world to build his kingdom. It's time to be competent in one thing. And in that one thing, see him move mighty mountains. Number three, he was courageous. How was he courageous? I believe that he was courageous because he had a heart to serve. He had God's heart inside of him. He was seeing what God was seeing through the eyes of his heart. And he was saying, I am committed to serve. Proverbs 3, 6, as I said before, in all thy ways acknowledge him and he will direct your path. Daniel said, God, I want to see the world as you see the world. I find it very interesting that because of his love and his wisdom and his knowledge and his understanding, and it says he was better than all the astrologers and all that stuff, that he actually trained the kings 
that found Jesus? How many generations later, these kings were still looking for the star? Why? Because Daniel was committed and competent in many different things. And generation after generation, they were still looking for the star, and then they saw it. And they came to find Jesus. It was because of Daniel. Number four, compassion. Proverbs 3.3, 3, Let not mercy and truth forsake thee. Bind them around thy neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Matthew 14, 14, And when Jesus went out, he saw a great multitude, and he was moved with compassion for them, and he healed their sick. Now hear my heart this morning. I want to speak to you with compassion. It may not sound like it, but I want to speak to you that way. It is not compassionate for you to exist in a subpar life and for us to allow it to happen. It's not compassionate to let your children do things that are not conducive for their success. It's not compassionate. It is not compassion to live a stalled out life and not accomplish what God has for you. For other people to see you, to talk to you, to love on you, and to let you exist there. That's not compassion. It's not compassion for someone not to challenge you to become better. Compassion is saying, I see where you're at, and it's not good right now. Compassion is saying, I understand it. It's okay for today, but it ain't okay for tomorrow. I'm going to raise the standard. I'm going to raise the bar, and you will... See it. Whether you choose to achieve it or not is your choice, but we're going to at least lay it out for you. Daniel did not allow the king to exist in mediocrity when he knew the best for him. And so he spoke the word of the Lord directly to the king. And said, this life isn't good enough what you're doing. And that king acknowledged God. Number five, creativity. He was creative. Obviously, he created a structure of education that allowed him to minister and train these astrologers, these kings, to be able to go and look for the star. He created systems He was creative because he was able to think outside the box and look for new ways and opportunities to grow himself, to serve those around him. And he embraced new areas of responsibility and that takes a creative mind. There are things in your life that you've not achieved because you've not allowed creativity to flow through you. There are boxes that you are stuck in because you've not allowed creativity to flow through you. I believe that each one of these five, if you implement inside your life plan, you will be successful. So my challenge for you today isn't just to create a life plan. My challenge for you is to go read the book of Daniel. Go start to see who he was. 
his core values, what he was doing. We can't produce it on a Sunday morning and share with you. It would take hours and hours and hours. But the Holy Spirit will walk you through that. He never had to seek for promotion and neither do you. Your actions will determine your altitude. Why did he get promoted? Because he was seeking excellence. He was loving others. And he was committed to creativity. I believe that the church in 2021 is going to be the most creative body of people on the planet. It is time that the enemy has lost his status at the top of the mountain of creativity. And it's time for us to rise to that occasion. There are things that God has put in each of you that are calling you to greatness. And it has to do with creativity and how you tell the story. I go back to he ended your destiny before you were began. Are you willing to accomplish, to step out, to actually begin by having a plan for life? They say that there's a large percentage of people that make New Year's resolutions that don't make it five days. Even a larger number that don't make it till February 1st. Don't go to the gym right now, by the way. It's packed. Come back February 1st. It'll be empty again. It's the truth. Go check it out. Why? Because they didn't have a plan that took them past the 31st day of the month. They didn't have a plan. They didn't commit themselves to understanding their, their destiny. I'm here to challenge you this morning that the things that God has spoken to you 25 years ago as the word was spoken earlier, the things that God spoke to you yesterday, they will be accomplished when you commit to understanding that it's already done. That all things He will accomplish through you. And anyone that rises up against you when you're walking in your destiny will be cut down by the Lord. Just smile and wave. Smile and wave. One of my favorite quotes of a movie. Smile and wave, boys. Smile and wave. All we have to do is walk in our destiny and smile and wave as those who are sent by the enemy to stop us are cut down by the Lord. So be encouraged. As we enter this year with acceleration, the word that I have for you this year, the word for the summit this year, Actually, I was, I was really arguing with the Lord about this one. Okay, I'm just going to open up and tell you. I had another one, and I thought, man, this is the right one. And the Lord kept speaking this one to me, and I'm like, man, I want to tell them both, but I'm not supposed to. The word for 2021 is adventure. Can't explain it other than buckle up, boys. It's going to be an adventure. And as you go on this adventure in 2021, no matter where it takes you or how fast you get there, no matter where this adventure takes you, 
I ask you today, on the 3rd of January, have a life plan. If you need help, we are here to serve you. But have a plan for living. Many people in the world, even in their 40s, go and make a plan for their death. I'm asking you today, would you go make a plan for your life? Your life in God. Have a plan. Have it written down. The Scriptures tell us, write it down, make it plain, so that others who read it may go after it. It's what it says. It says, write it down, make it plain, so that others may go after it. So they may run with you. So they may sprint. So they may go. And they may accomplish something that you've dreamed, that you've set out for. Have a plan. Have a plan. This design for living, the first point was to be a part of a family. This is your family. You're here. You're called here. God doesn't allow us to choose where we go. He assigns us to a family. It says he takes a solitary and places them in a family. That doesn't seem like there's a choice. You can be frustrated with that, or some people will be, but whatever. It's the truth. He places you in a family. Now, there's some people that are placed here, that are called here, that aren't here yet. And I think it's partially because we haven't been activated to go and find them. Now, some people may look at this and say, you're trying to build the church. No, I'm not. The church is going to be what it is. I'm not worried about numbers or any of that stuff. What I'm worried about is there's people who have an assignment that are supposed to be here to help us accomplish what we're called to do, and they're not here yet. So we need to be in tune for what the Lord is saying to go out and reach those people. I can't wait for those people to come in that met the Lord this week that have never met the Lord before because you were on assignment. You're a connection agent. And they met Jesus and they come in with this unbelievable open mind to hear what God is saying. The church will grow in 2021. No doubt. And I'm not even talking numerically. You're going to grow if you accept the assignment to listen to the Lord, to read his word, to listen to prophetic times. I cannot wait till an hour when the prophecy comes off this platform and we can't shut down the church because everybody's screaming for a half hour because it, it's, we're so excited that God is speaking to us. When the lion of Judah roars in this place and you can't even stand up, that's what's coming in 2021. But there are other people that are called to be here to witness it. Now nothing is better than in the new year to understand what God is speaking to us. To have a plan for living. To understand that there are successful things that we can put into place to make us thrive in 2021. Now the team's coming. They're going to play. I want you to stand with me. If you didn't get a communion cup, Don will be around, but I want you to grab a communion cup before we start this segment. Daniel was singled out in every administration because of his life plan. 
I believe that we are walking into a season in which you as the church will be empowered to walk in places that you never thought you could have gone because of your life plan, because of your core values, because you are not giving up. You are not stepping back on what God has spoken to you. You're not giving up on the word. It doesn't matter where you're at in life. It doesn't matter what the economy looks like. You're going to walk into that dream. And I believe that it's time that we step into it. Now we, as a body of believers that we call the summit, the beginning of every month, we do communion together. Can you lower the lights, DJ? We do communion together and we celebrate what Jesus said to remember. But one thing I know is that in these seasonal changes, in the calendar changes, that we can forget the good things, remember the bad things, and he says, I want you to remember the good things and forget the bad things. So we're going to highlight the good things this morning. He says to his disciples, he takes the bread, he blesses it, he breaks it, and he says, this is my body which was broken for you. Now, you may feel broken. Your body may feel broken. And he says, this is my body which was broken for you, in essence saying so that your body doesn't have to be broken. I paid this bill so that you don't have to. Well, if, if we go to lunch and I pay the bill and you try to go pay the bill, they're going to look at you weird. You should just receive what's already been paid for. And so as we enter this year, every part of you that's broken, your body, your emotions, your relationships, he was broken. He bore all of that pain, sickness, disease, he bore it all on the cross and he said, I'm taking all that so that you don't have to. And yet most of the time we still try to pick up a little bit of it because it makes us feel good. But I'm asking you in 2021, would you lay it all down? Would you just receive what he paid for and accept it? Receive what he paid for. Let's take this together. Father, we thank you that you sent Jesus to this earth, that his body was bruised, beaten, and broken so that ours doesn't have to be. We thank you, Lord, for that understanding. In 2021, we receive that. We aren't going to turn back and try to pay the bill. We receive it this morning. And then he said, this is the cup. This is my blood which was shed for you, which is forever on the mercy seat. We talked about time being in the past, present, and future. Your forgiveness of sin is past, present, and future. Do not go in to another year allowing the sin that he paid for through the blood on the cross to hold you back from your destiny. this together Father we thank you that you are you are a good good father we thank you that you have freed us from all the earthly trappings but Lord 
we also thank you that you have given us each an assignment, a destiny to accomplish upon the earth. Lord, we couldn't do it without Jesus coming. We couldn't do it without Jesus dying on the cross and raising again and ascending to heaven to be at your right hand. And we couldn't do it for sure without him sending the Holy Spirit, without the Holy Spirit coming to us, to dwell in us, to baptize us, so that we can walk in power. So Lord, we celebrate this new year in remembrance of what you've done so that we can understand what you're about to do because you only begin things that are already ended. So Lord, we thank you that our redemption was paid for before the foundation of the world. worship you. We thank you. May your kingdom come, your will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. If you enjoyed today's message, I would like to encourage you to like it and share it on all social media platforms or jump on the website, thesummitdover.com or the app and click the giving link and help us continue to share the message of the kingdom across the world. God bless you and have an awesome week.